0: everybody, welcome to Rebuilding Pod. Uh, This is Missy. And this is Crimson. And we are here today to talk about cancel culture. Well, whatever the fuck it is, it's not happening. The dictionary definition of it is uh, withdrawing support for public figures or companies after they have said or done something considered objectionable or offensive.
1: Some outrage after Nike picks Colin Kaepernick as the new face of its 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign.
0: This is Scummy. This is lousy. This is rotten. And I'm never buying another Nike product again. And I think millions of Americans are going to... And as we know, what what we object to and what offends us has changed greatly over the last few decades.
1: That's true. And, um, you know, like when I think of what does cancel culture mean, I just think of it as modern day shaming at a much louder method given social media and all the other means we have to do it. You know, when
0: someone's canceled and, and they're they're ostracized from their social circle or their job, those are typically, you know, the most harsh, you know, ramifications that they're going to face on something. Um, yeah, you know, that's true. This isn't like a legal thing. Yeah, yeah. This is this is how, you know, if, if someone does something that you consider to be bad, how can you uh, I don't know if it's punish them as much as just like not not want to support them in any way.
1: Well, when people are assholes, you kind of want to pull your money from them.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, You know, uh, Americans have enjoyed the boycott for generations. Uh, It's always been around. Um, You know, you don't want to put your money towards causes you don't believe in. The conservative group American Family Association has collected more than a half a million signatures of people who plan to boycott Target because of its new restroom policy.
1: Right. And and, I mean, it becomes really difficult, too, because my list of people that I'm pissed at in corporate America just seems to get bigger. And so I'm running out of companies that I like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like, uh, like after generations of going after the little man, um, you know, the tides have turned and the country is finally, um, you know, instead of going after, after the gays and, and the other minorities and people of color, uh, it seems to be the conservatives that are being cracked down with, cr- being cracked down on with this, uh, cancel culture thing.
1: Well, you know, typically in America, I mean, at least in the last 50 years of American history, or 60, um, if you're a racist, a Nazi, a fascist, and you don't believe in democracy, yeah, we we shame the hell out of you. Um, that's just kind of how life works in America. So it's not surprising that Republicans are right now getting all worked up about cancel culture and really getting off on this term, um, because they're getting canceled left and right, because I mean, they have supported, I mean, it's hard because people are like, don't lump all Republicans in the same category. But for me, like I couldn't have an R by my name right now, because to me, if, if you do, you're at least endorsing it, right? Like, like I just said, I'm not proud that I use Amazon, that I, but I do. And so I'm honest about it. Um, but Republicans that still can have that R by their name, I, I, I just don't understand it because that party has decided that they are going to represent fascism and a form of authoritarian government that I can't get on board with, period.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, let's see here. So after the election and they started that fake stolen election news, uh, some of the major social media companies like Twitter, Facebook started canceling tens of thousands of accounts of people peddling false information. And then after the Capitol insurrection, we had all those big companies start pulling donations from the Republicans that voted against the certifying of the Electoral College. And just today, Disney fired Gina Carino from The Mandalorian. Uh, After she shared several offensive social media posts, including one that compared Nazi Germany to the current political landscape. You know, she had previously been in trouble for some uh, for making fun of trans people and for some other offensive tweets that she's done. So this is not her first time kind of being called out for stuff. Um, And the worst thing that has happened to her in the past is, is just online shaming. You know, yeah. so if you think online bullying is the same as Nazi Germany, then, yeah, you you deserve to probably lose your job if you're going to go out on a limb and talk about that.
1: And to be clear, obviously, she was a pro- Republican prior to getting the gig on The Mandalorian. And so they didn't discriminate against her in hiring her. They fired her because she brought a bunch of negative attention to herself by saying hyperbolic things that had implications and. I mean, that's what cancel culture is. It's our only way to hold people accountable in the gray world. If There's there's not law. She's allowed to say that. The government can't punish her for saying that, nor should they. I would be offended if that were the case. But as a private enterprise, you have the right to own your branding and your messaging. And if somebody works for you and they are not in line with that, then that's means for termination, period. And if people want to fight me on that, this is capitalism, right? I mean, this is... This is the this system is how, they set up. Yes, this is the system that they they support and enabled and have. I mean, Reagan really doubled down on it. And we have put so much into private enterprise in this country that we've given them the power. And so if it happens to be that most of the people that um, are in power in that industry are liberal and you're not, like – You got to know what you're up against right like i worked in advertising that's mostly liberal and there's a reason for that um whereas i didn't work in banking because they're probably mostly conservative and so i mean it's just part of the the when you're looking at what to do with your life if you have very strong
0: convictions you should make sure that your employer agrees (laughs) you know and it the, the hollywood studios themselves don't even have to be liberal you know, it's the fact that they have to answer to their customer base and and their right. customer base are, are people that are mainly under the age of 40 for, you know, the Mandalorian. Well,
1: it, I mean, it could really hurt them having that kind of baggage because we are in very polarized times. And so, you know, 20 years ago, somebody having that kind of point of view might not have had such an impact, but we do have mobilized progressives and democrats that are done with this i mean we watched it it, it, this week specifically it's even harder to have this conversation as we watch the impeachment trial and seeing what happened in the capitol it just it's no wonder people have a zero tolerance policy at this point
0: yeah yeah you know and i do feel for these people um you know as a as a queer woman uh cancel culture has been around for me my entire life You know, uh, if I if I was a teacher in the 70s and I was outed, I would have lost my job. Hell, one of my best friends was outed as a teacher like 15 years ago and lost her job. Uh, You know, you couldn't be gay and join the military. Uh, I I was recruited by them and not able to go into it in the late 90s. Um, You know, you'd be kicked out if you were found out. You know, you you've been we've been being canceled for being gay for decades. Uh, You know, if you're a black family moving into a a white neighborhood uh, in in the '60s, you'd be have a fucking cross lit on fire in your yard and and chased out. Um, It's they've never had a problem canceling us, but now that they're a little bit behind the times, they're all up in arms about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) that's why we have a term for it because now it affects white people, white, straight, (laughs) majority. The majority is now impacted by it. And so now it's worthy of a whole podcast, but I think it's worthy of a podcast because I think in a way, this is part of the social reckoning that helps us like get through the fire and move on. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cancel culture has a place in society simply because we don't have a system yet uh, to protect people uh, from folks that are, that are saying things that are potentially harmful to them that don't cross like a legal line.
1: Right. And, and we see this in lots of things. I mean, I think like the Al Franken situation, right? Um, yeah. What he did was definitely, it wasn't like Harvey Weinstein where it's like, Oh, he locked women in rooms and raped them or R Kelly who was married to a 14 year old. Um Or Bill Cosby, who drugged women and then raped them. Like, those are legal. Like, they cross the legal line and have a, like, they can be prosecuted. But things like what Al Franken did, which was in poor taste and poor judgment and potentially impacted the people that he did it to, um, it's not illegal to take a goofy photo acting like you're grabbing someone's boob. It's just not. Um, And as a society, those are some of the things we have to start coming to terms with of where do the boundaries need to be drawn because obviously the old boundaries no longer work right yeah. um and and that's just progress i mean that's just the way it works and so i think that a lot of companies are having to figure out like what do you do with that douchey misogynistic dude that sits in his cubicle and looks at girls asses as they walk by because that's not illegal um, I consider it unethical, but I doubt there's any employee handbook that says you can't check out your fellow Q mate, right? but the fellow Q mate has the right to be comfortable and not feel like someone's looking at her ass when she bends over to
0: pick up a folder. Absolutely, absolutely. and that's where it gets really iffy for me it's the it's the safety issue um, right. You know, we had an issue locally where a um, someone uh, involved with a, a local business. Was seen on the internet talking about Black Lives Matter protests over the summer, and saying that they should be run over. Uh, this person manages a restaurant and employs many, many people of color. Um, you know, and it's it, it's hard to to watch those people go into work and not know if that if their manager has their back. Right.
1: I mean, that's a major issue, and I think that's why cancel culture is so necessary right now, and why. Uh, the the right is getting you know they're kind of melting over it because to your point, it's been flipped on them, and what they used to find is you know saving society from the sins and the ills of you know people being gay um or whatever it may be now it's their own sins that they're having to come to terms with and I think, you know, there's a lot of aspects to it of generational change, just cultural change. You know, I think a lot of times we talk about generational change and but I think that is really cultural change that comes from the evolution of people. Right. Like as the majorities of people switch in terms of age demographics, we come up in different times and have different perspectives, you know, and yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about this offline before it's easier to count the number of women I know that have not been sexually harassed or assaulted than it is to count the number of women I know that have. Absolutely. And so for my generation, it's, it's, we've watched it our whole lives and women have more of a, a place in, in society. And so things have to evolve. Like women make up, 50% 50% of the workforce. It's And now the pandemic is going to change that a lot. And I think that's a whole nother discussion. But women, you know, we are represented better. Like we have more women representatives than ever before. We see it at colleges and universities, law schools and graduate schools. The demographics are changing. I think like the graduate school I went to when I was there, it was rare to see a woman in our department. And now I... I don't think it is that way. I think like women are very represented in that department. And so I think a lot of this is it's it's generational in the sense that it's just the evolution of, of people in our society
0: and our expectations of what the norm should be. Absolutely, and as we get more and more female and minority representation, I really hope that we are able to get these issues figured out through either, uh, like policy through a company's HR department, uh, where they have pretty strict guidelines and procedures for investigations, um, all the way up to to you know it, to situations being prosecuted more, investigated better, uh, you know, and and more. I guess just like a better legal system overall for this situation. You know, the Me it, Too movement yeah. had to happen because, you know, women would report nothing would happen. You know, your life would be even worse off if you reported sexual harassment or assault. Um, yeah. You know, we and need it to, hasn't we improved that, that much. I mean, it's no. not like it's great to be a victim still. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, these systems are in place because we don't have anything better by the people in power because people in power have been white men forever and they're not dealing with these issues.
1: Right. And I do think there's, and I see this a lot among, you know, I, li- I have a liberal bubble and I like it that way. So people shame me if you want, but I fucking love it. Um, but um, within this bubble, like there was a conversation recently about um, one of someone, of, it was an article, I don't know, in some Cincinnati publication, about a question on a test for a high schooler. And it was so offensive. It was something about like, you know, why did slave owners have to discipline their slaves? I mean, it was bad, like really, really bad. And some of the most progressive people I know immediately jumped in to like defend it. Like, oh, well, teachers are just so exhausted. And these platforms are antiquated. And we didn't Uh... have time to ramp them (laughs) up. And and it, it, it's not that I'm offended because I know that part of this is like the evolution and growth of each of us at a very micro level, but it, it just, my first reaction is when can we stop making excuses and start reconciling the reality, right? Like yeah, that question was horribly offensive. There's absolutely no excuse for it. This is how we're going to mitigate it. And this is how we're going to ensure it doesn't happen again. That's the response. Um, and so it's it's even within, you know, within the left side of our politics, there are still a lot of people that cling to the past or try to find excuses to reconcile the systematic problems that we've seen for centuries, um, you know, because like, of course, a lot of the people that responded and said that we shouldn't be upset about that article or, you know, we should excuse whatever the teacher that posted that question for using antiquated content because they're exhausted. Um, it's just like what I kick into empathy mode. Like if I was a 16 year old black kid and I sat down and that was the question presented to me, that's lifelong damage in some way. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, this, this is something that they are, yeah. It's just like daily gut punches of systematic problems and they're screaming like there's a systematic issue. And a lot of white people, no matter how progressive they are, their immediate reaction is to defend the systematic issue, right? Of yeah. why at the at the micro level that happened. But instead we should be saying, no, this is an example of what people have been screaming about at the macro level for decades. And so we have lots of other examples. I mean, you know, we talked about Al Franken and how that's so different from Harvey and from other people. Um, but I mean, it, it comes down to even like that kid in. So we're here in Northern Kentucky and there is a very prominent Catholic all boys school Cub Cath, which now has national reputation for um, bringing up some of the finest <laughs> in our society. Um but this school, for the people local, they know that you know they've been. Uh, we have photos of them painting their face black when they're playing other teams that are predominantly black. Um, we've heard about many potential rape cases um, coming out of that school and um, from students from that school. But the most notorious one, obviously, is I don't remember the kid's name, Nick something, but it doesn't matter. I don't want to talk about him as much as. The fact that, like you know, the school loads up a car of a whole bunch of pumped-up MAGA kids, and they're told with their moral conviction to go out there and fight for fetuses, and they did, and it ended up having they had an altercation with a Native American man, and it was awful what those how those kids behaved, and you know, the the first thing that we wanted to do was cancel Cub Cats, right? Like cancel the culture that they're expelling. And we saw, I saw the same thing here locally of, well, that was an isolated case and um, nobody knows where they got the MAGA hats, but they didn't have them before they left. Someone handled them when they were getting off the bus. Maybe they were set up. Maybe you didn't watch the whole video. If you watch the whole video, the Native American man kind of encroached. But at the end of the day, again, we have seen a systematic problem within that school. And this is another example and. You know, if if if, if it re- history keeps repeating itself, we have to agree that it's a systematic problem and we need to find a way to mitigate that. And again, there's no legal outlet. It's not like you can sue Cove You could try to pass policy that private schools can't go on field trips. I mean, that that becomes really difficult. It's that gray space. And yeah. so what do we have left? Shame the fuck out of them. That's what yeah. we have.
0: I mean, that really is a great example because with, with the with the Cove-Calf situation, you are right. It's not like a legal issue as far as, as far as that kid or anything that you can fix through the legal system. Um, however, it's a culture problem with the school. You know, you mentioned like the Blackface, uh, you know, their basketball team has racist uh, sayings that the crowd will chant uh, when they're playing against black schools. Um, you know, it's, it's a culture problem. And here in Covington, you know, people have been sick of them for, for decades. And so right. when, you know, we had a student uh, a year and a half ago, uh, right before the Covcath incident um, that was arrested for multiple rapes and kidnapping. They had another Cath student arrested last year for multiple rapes again. Um, it's a culture issue within the school.
1: Well, and, you know, that's why I hate giving the specific kid attention, because in a way, like he's 16, his brain's not fully developed. You know, Cath yeah. is run by... A lot of prestigious people and the parents of the kids that go there are usually prestigious people themselves. So they have the capability and the resources to to fix these problems and to bring in training to get rid of the overt masculinity culture. They have the ability to fix these, but there has not been the pressure to do so. And I got to be honest and and correct me if I'm wrong, but even with everything that happened In D.C. last year with a student from Covington Catholic, like nobody really cares around here, right? No, you're right. Uh, Yeah. There's still like a a premier school that people still send their kids there. Um, And some of those people are like huge progressives and they still do it. Um, And so, again, it's something that's not necessarily tied to left or right. It's it's this white, Caucasian um, phenomenon of us trying to conserve. And that's why, you know, when I think of conservatives, I think of the base of the word, conserve, right? It's this conservative, not necessarily political ideology, but just life ideology of conserving, conserving the traditions of the past and not reconciling how those traditions of the past don't meet the norms of society today.
0: Yeah, it does seem like when you point, uh, especially in the Cubcath, uh incident, you know, when that blew up, uh, people really just, you either hated Cubcath or you doubled down on your love for them. Uh, there weren't many people in the middle that were able to say, hey, point, you know, parts of this were overblown, but there's definitely a, a bad culture here at the school and they need to make some adjustments. Right.
1: Well, and I think from and I think that's part of the complication of this issue, and why I like talking about it because there's very few issues where I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know the solution. <laughs> this one, I don't really know the solution, and that's why when we talk about council culture, it, it it's I think it's important because it's one of the pathways of how we move forward. But at the end of the day, like you can't you can't change what's in people's hearts. Like you can't just wake up one morning and there's not racist anymore. You can't wake up and people don't hate gay people anymore. Like it just doesn't happen that way. All we can do as a society is change the cultural norms to where saying the N word is no longer cool. Right? Like that's, that's what we have to do. And That's how we have to try to mitigate the effects of traditional things not evolving with society.
0: Yeah, people should not feel comfortable going off on a racist rant in the middle of a Kroger uh, while people are filming them on an iPhone. Um, You know, just like you said, you can't stop someone from being racist, but you can make them feel embarrassed as fuck to be that way in public. Uh, right. And the, and the, if you don't shame them and they feel open and they do it, they're going to do it again. People are going to see it. They're going to feel like they can speak up and act that way. Hate breeds more hate. Uh, but if exactly. you mock people, they shut the fuck up. They do. And,
1: and, and this is going back to corporate America. This is where we really need corporate America to step in. Right. Yeah, because right. I mean, just by Twitter turning off Donald Trump, canceling him, or I should say, it was like 73% reduction in misinformation being put out on their platform. And so, these social media companies really do have a moral and ethical obligation to help us as a society advance and progress. And again, I don't mean, you know, people are like, "Yeah, but I'm not a I'm not a liberal. I don't believe in your values." I mean progress as a society. Like and that's why I think we it's so easy to say generational, but I know 70-year-olds that agree with me on this, right? They've watched generations progress and evolve because that's how life works. Um, it's the conservatives that are trying to conserve this old way of life. Yeah. And that's why right now, and, and I don't want to say in their defense or to give them credit, but change is really hard for a lot of people, right? And this evolution is really hard for a lot of people that have had these beliefs instilled in them so deeply and have such strong convictions about them. And a lot of it, like Cath, another example, that is a moral institution, right? It's a religious institution. And so the convictions aren't political, they're coming from a spiritual place and they're looking up to the leadership of those organizations to really be the messengers and to help guide their spirituality. And that's like a whole nother conversation. Um, But that's why when I look at the Cub cast situation, I, I don't look to the kid as much as I look to the parents and The chaperones and the school for even allowing it, you know, and their inability to pivot like this has become a problem for them, but they have not instituted anything within their institution to stop it. And so what else do we have
0: except railing against it on things like our podcast that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, they and it's just it's so arrogant to assume that you can toss these kids on a bus, send them to a different state in the middle of a heated protest without any sort of training as to what they're going to encounter. Uh, you have shitty chaperones on the bus. You have Twitter handles, you know, friars at the school who are making fun of feminists on Twitter, um, you know, and, and no part of this did they ever predict that these kids would want run into trouble and they didn't even look out for them.
1: Well, they keep living up to that hype, right? Like, which again is why we have to shame them and why we need corporate America to back us in this. We need, we, we have to do what we have to do because there is no legal way to mitigate these things. And, you know, the social media companies coming in and finally, finally, um, stepping in and saying like, this has gotten out of control, um, yeah, I think that's going to make a big impact. And um, the fact that they all ran to Parlor, and then is it true that they had to validate with an ID to get on Parlor? And so when they got hacked, they <laughs> yeah. got all their IDs.
0: Yeah, to get a certain level account on Parlor, you had to upload a a scan of your ID front and back.
1: OK, that's amazing. So, Parlor, I know you were set up to protect conservatives, but you got hacked and now we have all of that data. It's great.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, and just to touch on what you were saying um, about about how, you know, there aren't legal consequences for what happened at CuffCath. I think the thing that really surprised me about that situation is that they did encounter financial consequences in the past for uh, for culture, namely with the uh, Catholic sex abuse scandal. The Covington oh. Archdiocese had the largest settlement in the country. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Most people aren't aware of it. I think it was back in 2004 uh, when the, when all the stories broke in the sun and the Baltimore sun. Wow. Yeah. It's everywhere. So we have conservatives crying over cancel culture. Um, is your perspective that they are actually being canceled, that they are just crybabies and exaggerating, that they don't understand the culture that they set up? all of the above.
1: Well, I think it's just a lack of self-awareness and understanding anything outside of
0: themselves. Right. Oh my God. I love that. I love that lack of self-awareness. That's exactly it.
1: Yeah. Like it's not taking personal responsibility or, or feeling empowered to change it or having the motivation to change it. And to their credit, why change it if there's no consequence?
0: Yeah. It, you know, they use the term cancel culture as if this is like literally ruining people's lives, but it's, it's shaming, it's removing popularity. Um, if you have a privilege, like if you're on TV, if you have a very public role, you might, you might lose your platform, you know, in no way are are these live, live ruiners. Uh, you know, Matt Lauer potentially raped multiple women, uh, sexually harassed multiple employees. And he lost his TV job. He's still a millionaire. He's walking around free, but yet they're saying like that his life was ruined,
1: right? And he's like fifty or sixty. Like he was going to retire at some point, anyways. Like, it, 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 yeah, it was a career cut short. Um, but many lives destroyed in the in his success story. Yeah,
0: he like violently assaulted women, and he lost a TV gig, and he's he the victim a in this situation. Button
1: he had a button to lock you in like oh. that's like fucking from a scene from saw that's like horror movie it's ridiculous
0: yeah i mean like i remember growing up uh, oh god i remember growing up i sound so fucking old when i say that do and remember when like the dixie chicks when they spoke up against yeah. spoke out against george bush
1: we're ashamed the president of the united states is so oh, they
0: got them kicked off country radio they had boycotts remember they threw all their cds in a fire and burn them on tv
1: a week later, corporate radio groups like Clear Channel and Cumulus were ordering bans on all the things. People started trashing CDs, that guy even rented a steamroller, and calling them every name you can squeeze they on they three naked in their bodies.
0: They ruined their goddamn career because they made a statement, just an opinion piece, that they were embarrassed to be from the same state as a guy that created a fake war. If you're going to go out and say things like that, you'd have to be willing to face the repercussions.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when well, I mean, Petty
0: insane. hired... It's nuts. Like when JCPenney hired Ellen as their spokesperson, uh, they threw a giant fit and boycotted JCPenney over because Ellen's gay. They refused to go to Disneyland when they offered same-sex benefits. There was goddamn McCarthyism 50 years ago.
1: Right. And Well, and like one of the most current examples that I think shows like such the prolific shift, which again, I'm not defending people, but I think this example shows how quickly we're progressing culturally, which is why I think... It's so much harder to reconcile all these things because it is happening fast. It's not like a slow progression. But I'm going to mess up his name because I don't watch football and I don't care about it. But he's really cool. His name's Colin something really long. Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) (laughs) That guy. um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm so bad with names. This is why I'll never run for office. I promise. Um, But he got canceled, right? And nobody was there to defend him. And within a couple of years, he became an iconic hero for a lot of people. Um, and people were clamoring to get back in good graces with him. And I think that shows the power of cancel culture, because had he not been canceled, like that by being canceled, it elevated his voice, it elevated what he was trying to express. Yeah. And since society evolved with him and he was on the right side of history by doing that, all of these people had to go back and be like, we were wrong about this. Right. And, um, and so I think that is an example of how you can try to cancel someone, but it only works when you're truly on the wrong side of history.
0: No, yeah, that is, that is absolutely true. Uh, yes. That is yeah, and corrected. I think a lot.
1: You know, the the I think the base of NFL players. It was assumed that they were, you know, they were typecast, they were stereotyped, and they thought they were right by saying "get the hell out of here." And what they learned was it it they took a major hit because of that decision. And luckily, since we have progressed, it elevated his point of view. And if you think about that in comparison with like the siege on the Capitol and people beating police officers with blue live Matter flags. It just showed how like one side is principled and fighting for equality and things that enhance her life. And the other side just wants to hate and tear it down. And so, yeah, we need to cancel that. We need to cancel it and put as much pressure on corporations to cancel it. I mean, again, going back to my role in mom's man action, And how culture changes, Um, you know, since we're here in Northern Kentucky, Kroger's headquarters is right across the river. It's probably six or seven miles from us as I speak. And um, I know I was, I'm newer to the, the, the organization than the people that started the Northern Kentucky chapter. And I'm like, Hey guys, we need to go back to Kroger and have them because in Kentucky we passed the permitless carry um, legislation. And so I'm like, we need to go back to corporate America and try to push on allowing open carry. Um, and all of the other people are like, We've tried, like we delivered thousands of signatures, we've done everything we could with Kroger, and they didn't listen and then, like, within weeks after the El Paso situation, and Dayton happened the day after El Paso, so I was still in d c and we had just you know went to the White House to protest it, and we woke up to the news about Dayton that happened like while we were basically you know at the White House. And um, right after that, we started seeing Kroger, Aldi, I mean, all these huge corporations immediately cancel that shit, right? No more guns in our stores. You cannot open carry in our stores anymore. Um, And so they took the leadership on that part of doing it. Now, they should have done it when we were pushing for them to do it. So they were on the right side of history. Um, But at least they caught up, right? And But a lot of that was... I believe, their fear of cancel culture, right? They were worried about how it hurt their reputation. And once one company did it, it just snowballed because nobody wanted to be the last on that train.
0: Yeah, I I like that. Um, you know, there are a lot of really good benefits that can come out of cancel culture. And, you know, getting getting companies to be aware of their moral obligation to the society and their communities is one of them. Yeah, and
1: and and pushing that more and more in every aspect of our life is going to be our pathway forward, because I think you know, and that that goes back to you know we have in our outline is it right or wrong, and my response to that is it's necessary, right? I don't know what else we do.
0: Yeah, I would say you know going back to your previous point, it's depend on how it's used. You know, if you're using it to stop negative behavior, behavior that's unsafe, behavior that hurts people. Uh, and it's your only outlet. I, I can understand it. Uh, if you're using it to cancel someone because you find out that, that they're doing something that doesn't agree with your religion um, that's fucked up.
1: Right. Right. And we have to deal with it. And it, and it, again, all this falls into such a gray space. We're kind of having to build it as we go. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely right. It, I, I hate the term itself you know, cancel culture, it's just, it's such a negative term. And it feels like a very false description of what's actually going on. Uh, right. you know, like you're not canceling someone they're facing consequences for something, you know, nobody's going to jail. Uh, they're just losing privileges. And also like combining it with culture is also misleading. Uh, you know, cause culture is, is it sounds like a generational fad, something of the moment, but this has been going on for decades and, you know, it's just something that's been kind of tweaked and turned around thanks to social media.
1: Right. And it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's called shaming. We just have, uh, more platforms and, uh, we have a way to elevate the voices that want to do the shaming. Um, and I, I think you're right. It's not like anything new. I mean, it's just, it's being elevated now because I mean, people of color have a large, a, A a stronger voice given all these mediums to communicate with, right? Like they don't, they no longer are tied to having to get on MSNBC or CNN or get an op ed in an article. Like their voice can be heard at such a larger scale given podcasts and Facebook and Twitter and all these other mediums that they can express themselves. And I think that that's bringing it to a head at a more rapid rate, which I think is great. But the fallout of that is a lot of people are going to be, quote unquote, canceled in the meantime, but it's not being canceled. If we should want to grow as people, like if I came up to you and we were hanging out and I was like, Missy, dude, this drink is so gay. Like, you should shut me the fuck up. That's offensive. I shouldn't say that.
0: Right. And yeah, I would and there's want a way for us to. to deal with that without us ending our friendship. I would say, hey, that's right. fucked up that you said that. You would take it in, say, I'm sorry, and then change, and then you just move on. Right. But that it doesn't, doesn't happen in society. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I mean, and that's something that's really interesting. And if I was still doing research, that would be something that I would want to really dig into. And I think a lot of it, at least my hypothesis would be that it's part of the evolution of our culture in the sense that... You know, back in the fifties you didn't talk politics and religion, right? And I remember when I went to meet my now husband's uh dad and um his stepmom, um, he was like, Oh, just so you know, we don't talk politics and religion. Um, it was mostly his stepmom, who now is like a bleeding heart and an amazing progressive. Um, but it was just something you didn't talk about. Now, of course, I walked in like fuck George W. Bush, we need to end this war, bring the troops home. Um, and so I'm lucky that I went in as I am, because they've had to put up with me for 16 years now. But um, I, I think that when we shut down the dialogue in the 50s, we that generation raised a generation that didn't know how to have these conversations. And now we're in this place where There is no choice. We have to start having very hard, candid conversations that are going to require us to look within ourselves and find our flaws and find a way to grow because minorities can't fix the world for minorities. It's the people in the majority, which is white people. And white people need to start stepping up and doing this and i don't think it's something that's going to happen overnight and i'm and i'm not trying to shame all white people because i know people that do so much for their communities that fall into this camp of like getting defensive before getting self reflective right and we have to we're, be able to all
0: subject to that
1: all of us absolutely and I think it needs to be built more into our educational system of how to receive criticism, how to engage in critical conversation, how to, you know, and I think that part of like the common core curriculum that Obama came up with in his administration, which I've had to learn, like, I mean, I have a graduate degree, I had to learn, like, hardcore calculus and econometrics to get through. And now I'm spending my evenings trying to figure out like how to do like, two digit subtraction. Her division um, through Common Core because it's a lot more complicated <laughs> than it was when we did it. And I've heard parents bitch about this for years, you know, and now I'm in it because I'm a homeschooling mom because of the pandemic. And I think it's freaking awesome because it's requiring critical thinking. It's not just, okay, what is 24 divided by 12, right? It's how many different ways
0: could you get to 24 divided by 12? How many oh, yeah. different? I'm a huge you know, fan of Common Core, especially in the math department, because it's it's teaching a way of thought. It's not just teaching you how yeah. to remember something and spit it back up.
1: Yeah, because I went through my I, like I took algebra two my freshman year of high school because I had taken algebra one in in middle school because I was like an advanced student or whatever, and um, then I didn't take math again until algebra in college, and. Um, I took one algebra class in college and then I got to grad school and they're like, welcome to econometrics. And I'm like, fuck. But the way that they taught me was more that common core style of like, this is why it's meaningful. Right. Because at the yeah. end of the day, modeling these, these, you know, social science models, it's not something you can do without a tool. So you do it all through products like Stata and R and all of these other, you know, data crunching, um, uh, tools, but in school, we had to learn the fundamental principles of w- how it works so before we could get into the tool and do it. We couldn't cheat the system, right? Like, just teach me how to code it in the, into Stata and I'll figure it out. But we had to learn like how the math worked. And it was the first time the light bulb went off, off for me. And so I'm really excited for my kids to grow up in the Common Core world because. They won't like me see math as such a barrier because it makes so much more sense when you teach them the critical components. Because at the end of the day, I'm sorry, we have a house full of Alexas. If I leave my kid alone and he has a worksheet, he's going to be like, Alexa, what's 84 divided by 52? You know, like, come on. Like, we live in a world where we have any answer to any question at our fingertips. What we have to learn is how to critically think, but more importantly, how to take new information. And reset our priors as a result.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love that common. I love that. Uh, I love that Common Core does that. I love that it introduces new ways for kids to think. Um, the one thing that's really lack, lacking in our society, and you see this a lot with cancel culture, uh, is thinking before you say something, thinking before you post, uh, taking something that you believe and running it just through. Oh, how would somebody from the other side view this? Um, What are some of the objections that I might get when I post this? Uh, Somehow I've been able to put up the most offensive, objectionable shit for the last six, seven years in my community. And people love me uh, because I think about it before I fucking post it. And I think about the trouble it would cause and who's going to be pissed off and what are the facts behind it. And then I hit go. Uh, So just give 30 seconds of thought before you'd fucking do something.
1: Right. And I think that's such a good point because I've heard, you know, especially as a white suburban mom living in the suburbs of Cincinnati, um, I hear a lot of times and that, well, I'm just a white woman in suburbia. I don't know how I can help. I don't know what's right or wrong. I don't know how the cancel police are going to deal with me. And that is so frustrating because I don't either. Right. Like. I'm like you, I'm a white suburban mom. Now, granted, I'm from Los Angeles and I was raised in a more multicultural environment. And I probably do have a lot of different views, given I come from a family of I mean, that's one thing you won't find in my family line as a Republican. Like they're just ain't any um, like my family got really political with Reagan. I mean, my grandparents railed against Reagan. And so I was raised as a Democrat. And maybe that's why. But Every time I run into a situation like that, I don't like use my demographic as an excuse not to be challenged by it. I yeah. use it as an excuse to find the answers and to be empathetic and to be thoughtful and to be considerate. And I'm not saying I do it right. I put my foot in my mouth all the time. But if someone confronts me about it, I'm, I don't defend it. I think... I can see why that would hurt you. Now, there's a lot of times I don't regret what I said, right? Like there are times I offend people unintentionally, but I still acknowledge how it could make another person feel. And I take accountability for that. And I think that that's a great way to kind of close this out because, you know, I think both of us and our intentions of this podcast is like addressing an issue and trying to find a path forward. And this one's really hard. Right. It's like it is the gray space of life and we don't have legal remedies. We can't blame one person. We can't blame Republicans. We can't blame Democrats. I and mean, we're all kind of in this together. Right. Al Franken got canceled just like um, uh, the girl from Mandalorian got canceled.
0: Right. Like it's universal.
1: Yeah. And you can ev- got
0: canceled this week. He was known as the some uh, woke feminist. Right? You know, if you do shitty things, people don't want to deal with you. If people don't want to deal with you, cuz big companies don't want to hire you.
1: Right, and I think that we have examples also of if you just take accountability and and try to grow from the experience, you don't get canceled or you might get canceled yeah. temporarily like Colin. Um and who's that that Marvel guy? The guy that worked at Marvel, which is very Tim Gunn. They- tim gunn is another example he did shitty things when he was younger right and he,
0: he made bad jokes he he took responsibility for him he said hey i was trying to be funny it was shitty it was back in 2004 uh before you know you really you we really talked about trans issues and these issues he was talking about um, right but yeah he's an example of since we don't have a, a system in place of it if it kind of going wrong
1: Right. And so I think accountability is maybe the first step if we're going to try to like wrap this up with some like constructive, like, where do we go from here? I think accountability is a huge part of it because we are human. Humans are flawed. We make a lot of mistakes. We are victims to the environments we grow up in. We are victims to our own privilege. We are victims to all of those things. And we need to instead of getting defensive, we need to take the feedback and digest it. And you aren't expected to just fall in line, right? You're allowed to have your opinions, but it's about how you express those opinions. And if those opinions are culturally sensitive to the world we live in today, basically what I'm saying is if you're a racist bigot, then you need to shut up right now. Like now's not the time to talk, act normal, And use your racism and bigotry at home, but if you bring it out, it's going to get canceled. You're going to get called out. I mean, it's like, if you want to walk into my house, well, (laughs) that's funny. Nobody walks into my house anymore. Um, pandemic life. Uh, but you know, if there's a Thanksgiving gathering, I've been doing this shit my whole life. I'll cancel your ass at my dinner table. Like you're not going to walk into my house and compare homosexuality to bestiality. And if you want to, then you can get the fuck out. But not everyone has lived that way. And I think that's part of the reason it's coming to a head in such a strong way. Right. Because all of a sudden everyone kind of like woke up at the same time, like, holy shit, what is going on? Like this is wrong and are starting to see the systematic things that have upheld the unethical behavior that falls in this gray space. And I think we all just need to work together on the critical conversations to find what does accountability look like? Like how long are you in cancel culture prison?
0: Right? Like, yeah. Everyone needs to start having more uncomfortable conversations with their friends and family. Uh, You know, the orange monster got into the White House and started saying horrible things. Everyone else thought they could start saying horrible things. And then everyone got really uncomfortable and didn't want to talk about it with anyone. Uh, So we we just need to start calling people out again, just like we did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, and yeah. the culture is always going to move along. It's always going to be new things that we're learning about, new microaggressions, new things that we need to alter. Uh, just take it in, accept it and and just learn. Yeah.
1: And, and at the end of the day, it makes you a better person. I mean, it really does. And if, and if you struggle with it, try to diversify your environment, we are more segregated today Than we were when we ended segregation. Like my community here in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. I mean, I, I would love to see the data on the number of people of color here, because if I had to guess it's like less than 1%, but I don't know if that's true. I might be being hyperbolic, but I'm not NPR. I'm not trying to be factual. Um, The point is, is that when you live in such a segregated environment, it is extremely difficult to find that empathetic place for a lot of people, right? Because you just don't have exposure to their cultural norms and why those things would be offensive. And secondarily to that, we have a problem in our education system of whitewash history. I mean, my son in first grade had a teacher that, and I know she just hasn't updated her curriculum, but Columbus Day came around and like, he's aware, he does not live in a whitewash history home. And so he comes home and he's like, my teacher likes Christopher Columbus. I don't like her anymore. And she lost all respect instantly from him. And she kept sending those worksheets home with Christopher Columbus on it. And I didn't start anything because I knew where she was coming from. But maybe I should have to help her grow as a person, right? Because the new generation of kids that are growing up with parents like us are going to have to they're, they're going to use their voice. I'm teaching my son how to use his voice in a diplomatic way and how to use his ears because that's something I need to work on, right? Like I'm really good at using my voice. I need to work on using my ears and to listen more. Um, and I think that's what all of us need to do, but we need to listen with open hearts and open minds and know that criticism is constructive if it's delivered the right way. And so we need to be better at delivering constructive criticism and we need to be better at receiving it because if all of us grow at the micro level, we'll see that growth at the macro level.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, And we are excited to do this again with you. Tune in for our next episode.
1: Yeah, and if you guys have any comments about cancel culture um, and your own feelings about it, please post on Facebook, send us a tweet, send us a direct message. You could even send us an audio file and we'll play it here on the episode. Hey, Missy and Crimson, it's Annie, long-time listener, first-time caller. When I heard about today's topic, I had to call. Uh, Isn't trying to overturn the most secure and accurate election in the history of the United States the epitome of cancel culture? If it isn't, I don't know what is. Um, You can find everything at rebuildingpod.com or at any of our social media spots. Um, So yeah, let us know your thoughts. We're just as interested in what you guys have to say. Again, I'm working on my listening ears. Um, So we want to hear what you have to say. So thanks for listening and tuning in. And uh, next week we have a really special episode. So uh, make sure that you subscribe so you know when we have new episodes out.
0: All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one.